Great day, everybody. I am your host, K. Joe. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to this podcast. Uh, we'll come to you at least twice a week. Do me a favor. If you enjoy the topics that you hear or you would like to give some input or there's a specific topic that you would like to discuss, do me a favor and subscribe and shoot me an email uh, that I'll provide for you. Well, let's move forward and let's get into uh, our episode. Hello, everyone, and thank you all so much once again for tuning in to K. Joe's Hot Topics. I want to start by apologizing to my audience. I have been promising two episodes a week, and I am going to come through with the promise. Uh, forgive me once again. The last two weeks have been nothing short of stressful and painful. Um, I had the task of burying my grandmother this past Saturday. She died unexpectedly. Uh, she was 70 years old, so I am grateful uh, for her life, her legacy, and the time that she did spend on earth uh, as a way to release and to heal. Today, I'd like to talk about the seven stages of grief, and I promise the next episodes will become more exciting and we'll venture off into some of the sexual parts of the conversation. I am going to bring on a few guests, some both women, men, and some non-binary. We'll open up uh, some of the uh, diversity and inclusion on this podcast because I love everyone and I have friends uh, a part of all backgrounds of life and all gender identities and sexualities. So that'll be interesting for the next couple upcoming weeks. Nevertheless, um, I'd like to talk about grief uh, as I release and heal. Uh, as I stated, I did have to bury my grandmother as she passed away unexpectedly. And I'm sure that this will resonate with some of you as we have embarked in, I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, embarked upon the new year. And a lot of us have suffered losses here in the last 10 days or the past two weeks as we prepare to enter into the new year. And so uh, the seven stages of grief, those include shock and denial, uh, pain and guilt, anger and bargaining, depression. There's the upward turn. There's reconstruction and work through. And then there's acceptance and hope. And at this moment, um, I think I'm feeling a bit of some of all of these. Rather, um, I'm certainly still in the phase of shock and denial. Um, I'm sitting by my phone and I'm still waiting on her to text me. Uh, she had this thing where she texts and she'd send like five or six pictures followed by TBTG, which stands for to God be the glory. <laughs> and she did this all the time. And I would say, oh, my goodness, here she goes with this text again in these pictures talking about to God be the glory. Right. And so I'm certainly in shock and denial because I cannot believe that my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, has gone and to rest into power. And then there's pain and guilt. Um, I will say the services were about two hours long. And when we entered into the church and I saw her body there for the second time, because Friday we had the family viewing Um and I can say when we first walked in the doors and I saw her laying at state, um, I handled it a lot better than I thought I would. Um, a lot of you know I do have anxiety. Early onset anxiety started in 2021. And um, preparation or to prepare to see her in that state lifeless, uh, there really isn't much preparation that you can do. And so as we entered into the chapel, um, I felt my knees get weak, my breathing 
hardened and my respirations picked up. And quite frankly, I thought that I would just pass out. And so my mom came and she met me at the doorway. And she said to me, take all the time you need. And I remember standing there moaning and there was a, a groan, a grunt. And I just could not believe what I was seeing because I didn't see my grandmother um, when she passed away. I was not at the hospital. I was actually here in Michigan when I got the phone call. And that consisted of packing my belongings and trying to get to Chicago as quickly as I could because I wanted to be there to support my family. But I was certainly in denial and in shock because there's no way that this is happening. She's going to come through. And so we go to the front of the chapel and I'm standing there and I'm in disbelief. And I think it's safe to say for all of us, when someone is deceased and their remains are in front of us, our eyes play tricks on us. So you, I was assured that her chest was certainly rising and falling as someone would with their normal breathing patterns. And so I looked at her and I said, you know, this is unbelievable. I can't believe that this is actually happening. And if you are of the faith as I am, <laughs> I was told when I was a kid that I had the gift of resurrection power, right? And I'll provide some context later. Uh, but as a kid, I certainly believed in the, the resurrection of Lazarus. And so as I looked at my grandmother, I said to her, I said, hey, <laughs> if you want to get up from here, nobody will be upset with you. But you have until tomorrow, <laughs> because once they put you inside the mausoleum, that's it. Nobody will be able to hear that you're actually alive. Right. So I think somewhere in my heart of hearts, I believe that she would actually be resurrected from the dead. And so with the anger and bargaining, I can honestly say that I had a moment where. I think that I was angry with God for uh, in that moment, it felt like he took her. And I said, God, out of all the people in the world, because I've got a laundry list of people that you could have taken. You've taken my beloved grandmother <laughs> and the pain that I felt from that, because as a kid in the religion that I was brought up in, I was brought up apostolic or Pentecostal. And honestly, I'm in the period of being deconstructed. And I'm sorry to veer off, but I've got to be authentic in what I feel. We were taught that you pray, you fast, you ask God, and then you believe. And according to your belief, belief, or what we like to call faith, is the way of which God would answer. And the pastor would go on to say, little faith, little miracle. Big faith, big miracle. And so I'm sitting here and I'm equivocating my faith to the lack of what I believe God's power that he did not perform. <laughs> and I'm just being authentic and real here. Follow me. And so I thought I had big faith. And if I asked God to do this, that this is a miracle that he would perform for me, that somehow God would breathe the breath of life into this lifeless body. And my grandmother would array, arise from the dead. And we would have another testament of the miracle working, miraculous power of God, because my grandmother would arise from her death. And so that's when the anger and the bargaining started to set in. I was angry because God, A, I wasn't there. I was mad at me for all the things that I felt that I should have done. I was angry at which the method of how she died. I was angry because I sat back and thought about all the times that she called my phone and I didn't answer. Or the time she called and I couldn't answer. Or the time she called and I just didn't want to answer because I wasn't in a position to hear anybody else's concerns because of the things that I was dealing with in my own life, 
my own frustrations, right? Due to my job, my own frustrations due to the money that was not in my bank account that I felt should have been in there. The anger of the times I didn't take time for myself and how I felt so overwhelmed with the cares of life. And this anger is so real. And then in that angry process, it's so easy to point fingers at who is to blame. Should I blame the paramedics because maybe they didn't work hard enough? Should I blame my family members because maybe there's something you didn't do? Should I blame my family members because of there were opportunities where she was angry and you didn't? I mean, it was just so many people to sit back and blame and to be angry with. And then you go to bargaining. Okay, God, well, I believe you have the last say so. I believe that you are all powerful. (laughs) And just as you raised Lazarus from the dead, what do I need to do? What should I do to get you to honor my request? Those are all questions I asked. Those are all the things that I felt. And if you are a believer or you believe in a higher power or you believe in spirit, I'm sure in some moment of your life when you've lost something or someone, you may have had a bargaining opportunity as well. And now there's depression. I'm feeling sad. And I think that the real moment for me was when they placed her into the mausoleum and then they put up the exit or the external wall. Something in me broke. And I stood there and I cried and I screamed and I poured my heart out. I felt like I screamed from my spirit because this was too final. Here it is. I'll never see her again on earth physically. I'll never hear that contagious laugh. And then we proceeded to go to the reception. And it just felt weird because my grandmother was certainly the life of the party. She'd get on your nerves, but then you know she's not there because she's dancing and she's screaming, whoa, 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 there it is. Go Butterball. And my family members know who Butterball is. I still don't know who Butterball is. But hey, Butterball, Butterball. I mean, she was just the life of the party, right? With whatever color hair she had on, whatever outfit she had on, and then her multicolored fingernails. She was just, that's who she was. And so now there's this emptiness, this feeling that I have that this person is missing. And I'll have a lot more moments of shoulda, coulda, woulda, what I should have done, what I didn't do, how I could have been better. And then I have to take the opportunity to go and say to myself, you know what? In her final weeks, my grandmother was going through some things and she needed some help. And I was able to help. And so I have to find some peace in myself of knowing that even though this feels like a tragedy, in the moments where she needed help, I was able to give and be of help. And that provides me some level of peace because it also could have been that I was not available or I didn't have it. But God, spirit, universe, set it up in such a way that when I was needed, I was able I had the resource to give. And in her dying day, I hope that she remembered or understood that I would have given anything for her. I would have done anything for her to make sure that she was provided for and that she was cared for. And my greatest hope is that she know that I loved her 
And even in my own difficulties, she was in my thoughts. I prayed for her often. And my biggest prayer was that God would send her a companion. I always wanted my grandmother to, in my lifetime, I wanted her to experience true love of another human being in husband form, boyfriend, just companionship. And that was my deepest prayer for her. And I remember <laughs> I'd be on the market looking around going, oh, I think that guy be my grandmother's type. Oh, <laughs> I wonder if she liked this guy. I would, you know, solicit <laughs> in my own feelings. I'm like, hey, I, you know, but for me, it was just always about seeing my grandmother happy and wanting her to be able to come home and experience the love of another human being. The love of a person, the unconditional love of a of a, a, a husband or just someone to share your life with, to share your joys and your sorrows and your pains with. And so if anything hurts me most, I think it's knowing she died without experiencing that. And so anyway, now is the time where I become a little bit transparent and I step completely outside of the confines of what my religion has taught me. <laughs> and quite frankly, I hope my mom is not listening um, to this, but she probably will hear, hear this podcast. And mom, if you hear this, I'm asking for your forgiveness now. I think we all have to step out sometimes into, out into the unknown. And I think it's about how far we're willing to go before we a stop or we come back. And so I'm going to be a little transparent here and I'm going to share one of my experiences and I don't regret it because I actually learned something. And I think that if we're not willing to venture off into some things that we don't know, we'll never know if it's really wrong or if we really shouldn't do it. And so I'm sure my friend is going to hear this podcast too. And I want you to know that I am grateful for the experience. And even after the experience, I'm still sitting back wondering, <sighs> I've got a lot of questions, right? And so let me start with this. I find out that my grandmother has passed away and I have so many questions, right? And so my little sister, my mom and I, we went to my mother, my grandmother's house to uh, collect some of her belongings and kind of go through some things. We were looking for some, you know, end of, you know, final stage, end of life type of document. And um, while going through her property, I was looking for something that I could have as a keepsake, be it a pendant or a piece of clothing or something that I could have uh, in memory of her when I just wanted to feel close. And I really didn't find anything that uh, really was to my liking. Uh, she did leave me some photos <laughs> and I did get some coffee cups. So thanks for that. Um, so anyway, I reached out to one of my friends who's a clairvoyant. She's an empath. And um, I wanted this experience. Um, back when I was 18 or 19, I used to work at a nursing home. And there was a woman there. She was sweet as pie to me anyway. And she identified as a witch. And in my religious upbringing and understanding, you hear the word witch. And it's some negative connotation behind it. I think everybody automatically goes to black magic, voodoo, witchcraft. You got the dolls, Houdini, you know. <laughs> and so I remember talking to her and I explained to her, I said, hey, you know, and I remember trying to stay as far away from her as possible. And I explained this to her and I said, hey, you know, could you explain to me what this means? And she says to me, hey, which is actually my religion. And she had a tongue ring in her mouth and the workers at or the facilitators of this specific uh specific facility wanted her to take her tongue ring out 
And she says, I have a religious exemption. I am a witch. And this is a part of the armor, the armory that I wear, the symbolism of my, you know, witchiness or my belief. And so this particular night, it happened to be a full moon and she had tarot cards. And uh, needless to say, I went along with it and we read this. We went through the tarot cards. And honestly, the readings were parallel to everything that I was dealing with. And I remember being afraid and scared. I mean, I was like, oh, God, I'm going to drop dead. <laughs> this is going to cost me my, my salvation. The Lord is going to cast me into hell, into the lake of fire, because how dare you, you know, play around with some tarot cards. And so needless to say, it's been 12 years, you know, since that last experience. And so I reached out to this friend because I had more questions than I had answers. And the questions that I really wanted to know were, how did she die? What was she thinking? Did she feel alone? Um, was there something in her house that she wanted me to have? Was there something I was supposed to see? And so my friend assured me, she says, look, you know, I understand where you're coming from religiously. And I also believe in the power of God, right? And her, herself, she um, went to church, attended church, and underwent scrutiny for what she believes is her gift. And so if you all will follow me for a minute, I have vivid dreams, a dream and I see things, sometimes they happen repetitiously. Other times they happen once, but the level of detail in these dreams are, it's, 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 it's almost unreal. And to say the least, before my grandmother passed uh, at the latter part of last year, I had dreams of being in the pulpit of her church and standing in front of a white casket. I never saw people. I just saw the casket and I remember seeing the ambiance of this specific church. And so I paid no mind to it. And then after I had the dream and I had an opportunity to sit back and really think about what I saw and my grandmother passed away and it was time to pick up the casket, it made sense. It was the exact same casket. So it was almost like I had a foreshadowing of this actually happening. And so God has gifted me uh, with dreams. I've seen things that I can't explain. And I won't try to explain them right now because it's a lot to try and shove into a 25 minute period. But it's almost as if I was forewarned or had some type of forethought about this happening. And perhaps that was preparation for what was to come. And so I spoke to my friend who's a clairvoyant. I asked these questions and she pulled cards and these cards were explaining the uh, the past, the ancestral part of my life, my ancestors. And then some of the cards were discussing where I was going or where I'm headed. And a lot of it resonated with me. A lot of it left me questions. A lot of it put me in a place of confusion and a place of fear because it's like, oh, you know, you, you, you're, you, you know, if you're not going to go to church, okay, but then you're going to step out into this extreme. You know, it's all these things and all these feelings that I had. And so needless to say, some of the questions that I asked were not answered. Um, some of the things I wanted to know, I didn't find out. And so I talked to my wife about it, and I spoke to my mother in love, who are also believers in the faith. And of course, against their advisement, my wife said to me, you know, I don't want you to venture off into something because I don't think you're, you'll ever find exactly what you're looking for. 
And to say the least, I think I was offended because I'm like, I have this void. I have these questions. I have these things that I want to know and you don't understand because you're not in my position. You know, I think that's such an easy argument. And so that night we're at the hotel, my wife, uh, my mother-in-law, they go on to bed and I've gone down the rabbit hole. I mean, I'm researching all type of stuff. I'm researching what happens after you die. Where's your state of mind? You know, do you know you're dead? You know, what happens at the funeral home? I mean, I'm literally going down a rabbit hole. It's almost like I was obsessed because of this pain that I felt that I lost my dear grandmother. And so <laughs> needless to say, I uh, went through my friends list and there was someone there who actually is a medium. And um, I didn't quite understand the difference between tarot readers, mediums or clairvoyance. You know, I've heard these terms thrown around loosely and I actually thought they were interchangeable. And so I reached out to her and I said, hey, you know, no offense. You know, I talked to someone who's a clairvoyant and I appreciate her gift. However, I need to dig deeper. There are questions that I need answers to. And she asked me exactly what I was looking for. And I told her. And she said to me, she says, well, um, I operate as a medium. Actually, I do it all. And she was like, you know, here's my fee. And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, what do you need from me? And she's like, I don't need anything from you. I'll tap in and spirit will tell me what it is that I need to know. And so after I finished messaging her, I had time to sit back and think. And needless to say, I, again, you know, before I continue on, I want to make this disclaimer. I do not intend to offend anyone. If it works for you, then you do what works for you. And I want to make that clean and plain. I'm very open-minded. There's just certain things that I've realized are not for me. But if they're for you and they work for you, more power to you. I am not against you at all. So I'll continue on and say, um, I had time to sit back and think about this. And I reached out to someone who's very dear, near and dear to me. And she said, hey, you know, there's levels to this. And this is not something that you want to cross over into. You know, you start channeling spirits and, you know, people start communicating with the dead and it gets deep. It's real heavy. And that's not something that you you're ready for. You don't want to do that. And so I came back to myself. And I'm not going to say I asked for forgiveness or repentance. I didn't repent to God for this. I didn't. I really just asked God for help. I said, God, you got to help me. I said, because right now I'm not getting the answers that I want. <laughs> and it's almost like at that point, I think I was willing to do almost anything to get the answers that I needed because I didn't have peace with this. And so I said, God, you know what? I need your peace. I need the love of God that surpasses all understanding because in this hour, this doesn't make sense. In this hour, this hurts. In this hour, there is a pain that cannot be explained. And after I murmured those words, I followed that and I said, God, in your infinite wisdom and in all of who you are, I trust you. And if I can be honest with you, I know I've probably gone left field because it's like, how do you go from talking to a clairvoyant <laughs> to seeking out a medium to now you're back talking to God? And some would argue. You know, if you believe in God the way you say you do, then you understand that God has created all things. And why do you need to go to a middle person when you could have just gone to God, right? And some may agree and some may beg to differ. 
but I'm giving you my experience and I hope this helps you. But I simply said, God, in all of your infinite wisdom, I trust you. And if I can be honest, those were the hardest words that I've ever had to let come out of my mouth because in pain, why am I trusting you? You've snatched away someone from me that I love and I care about. But I've, I've come to the acceptance part where I don't believe God kills anybody. I believe that God allows things to happen. And as believers or followers of universe, Christ, spirit, we have to accept what God allows. I'll say that again. We have to accept what God allows. If you believe in spirit or universe, we have to accept the events that have occurred because we don't have the ability or the power to change them. And so as I work through this, I'm sorry, I'm tongue-tied. As I work through this, accepting what God has allowed, at the funeral I said, you know what? Even though this happened by storm, (laughs) this was completely unexpected. 2022 is going to be one of the best years of my life. I have major plans for this year. And I will not allow my inability to accept what has happened my pain, my guilt, my anger, my depression to counteract my destiny. And so now I have to work toward the remaining three stages of grief. That's the upward turn, the reconstruction, and the acceptance and hope. I have to deal with me. I have to deal with all those negative thoughts and I have to reconstruct and change my perception of what has happened. And I have learned that as difficult as it may be to deal with the death of a loved one, for me personally, I have learned that there are lessons, even in the the death of my father, and I've said this more than once, it hurt losing a father. There's a void and a pain there that only... God can heal, (laughs) that no man can actually step into my life and feel the role of my father. But the appreciation that I have, even in his death, is that I would not be who I am had he not passed on. I would not have reached the fulfillment of my purpose, which I'm still striving toward, had he not passed away. So all yet a while, I miss him, and I wish he was still here, and I wish I could call him and talk to him and express my feelings and show him the person that I have become. I am appreciative of the lessons. And so I hope that those of you that have listened to this segment, I know it sounds all over the place, but I really wanted to hard drive and bring you in and let you know that I'm human. And even though I have my morals and values and religious beliefs, I struggle. I'm still a student. (laughs) There are still some unknown things that I'm curious about. And there are some things that I'm willing to go for and others not so much. So as we continue to journey together, I'll continue to unveil some elements of my life. And I hope that you all would be receptive and you would do the same. Thank you. And once again, 
I'll come back with another episode. Our next episode is certainly going to be kid inappropriate. And I have not forgotten about my sister. I certainly want to bring her back on the show as well. And we're going to continue to talk about life and other factors from the perspective of a teenager who's 17 and headed off to college. So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Thank you for being patient with me. And I'll see you all. I will speak with you all again on the next episode. Until then, wherever you are in your car, be it in your office, in your home, take care and we'll talk next time. Again, thank you all so much for listening to K Joe's Topics. I hope something was said today uh, that will give you an, a chance to look inward and figure out what it is that you need to do or what you could do uh, to be better. I will be back here in a couple days, as I said before, uh, at least twice a week. Again, thank you so much for your support. If you enjoy what you have heard, please tell a friend, tell a family member, subscribe uh, to this podcast. Great day, everybody. Thank you.